Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our July Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones. It's live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Summer Vacation and a Mid-Gear Counting Our Blessings Moments. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Lisa Heisha. Lisa is a mother, founder of Soul Blazing, life coach, author, transformational speaker, TV host, and an avid traveler. She has an MA in spiritual psychology. Her fascination with people has taken her to over 60 countries where she has worked in everything from boardrooms to yachts, helping people make shift happens in their life. Lisa is an expert on exploring our emotional landscapes so that we not only accept ourselves, we understand how to unpack those patterns of negative self-talk or false beliefs that has been rooted in our psyche since childhood. She is also the chairwoman of Silicon Valley Pitch Global LA chapter and frequently works with entrepreneurs helping them manifest change. Soul blazing is a form of spiritual and emotional house cleaning. When we commit to that process, we evolve and grow. It is all about learning to respond to life rather than react to it and being able to transform adversity into resilience. The ultimate goal is aligning ourselves with our true north, our authentic soul. Lisa and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her new book, Soul Blazing, transform your imposters into superpowers and live a more purposeful, authentic life. Good morning, Lisa. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you with me. Soul Blazing is an excellent read. It offers a wonderful blend of personal psychology and spirituality to help us regroup, refocus, and relaunch our new me. So congratulations on his release. Oh, thank you so much. It was very exciting. It's a book that really has already helped so many. Beautiful, beautiful. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And by the way, we do have the whole hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a very broad question. <laughs> from childhood to this moment, I want to know everything. <laughs> Baghdad roof in Detroit, Michigan. So um, my father is from Iraq and my mother is um, from Virginia. Mm -hmm. And they, they met in uh, Michigan and they were a very unlikely couple and gave us, they had five daughters and I'm one of them. I'm the fourth and a twin. They gave us mixed messages. My mom was, you know, I guess more American Mm -hmm. And my dad was very strict, Middle Eastern. So 
um, a lot of uh, things, you know, transpired. <laughs> you know, like what could go wrong, right? Right. So, yeah, but my dad owned grocery liquor stores and then started getting um, held up quite a bit in Detroit. So we moved to mm. San Diego when I was about 10 years old. And we loved that. And I guess mm-hmm. one of my seminal moments was my maternal grandmother came over when I was about 10 and said um, that her, she was told that her daughter, my mom, would marry a foreigner and have five girls and that one was going to be a star. And I, you know, threw my hand up, I get to be the star. <laughs> and my other sisters were like, what? I don't care. What is that? And so I started researching. What is a star? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, it made me obsessed with reading autobiographies. Uh-huh. And, you know, Aubrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, Liz Taylor, all these great people. And then I started going, oh, what great lives, because I was boxed <laughs> into just, you know, kind of small town and Middle right. Eastern value type life. And I thought, oh, there's this whole world out there that's going on. So that was my goal. So... When I turned 22, I moved to L.A. to become an actress, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't leave earlier because I, you can't leave home till you're married. You can't do this. Right. You can't do that. Finally, I ended up saying I'm leaving and kind of ran away from home. Um, <laughs> home for about six months, and then my parents came around. Mm-hmm. But um, before that happened, you know, I was a really uh, good kid, um, even voted Miss Compassionate, you know, in <laughs> grade. Um, out of the class and, you know, got good grades and all that stuff. But I was baking a cake a few houses down Mm. for a girlfriend's birthday the next day with my other friend. And we're not supposed to be out when the streetlights are on. And my dad happened to come home randomly that day and saw that I was out. And I got home about (laughs) 6, 6.30 or whatever. And... (laughs) When I opened the door, he had a gun pointed at my heart and saying, send her to an orphanage. What's going on when I'm not home? My mom's like, she's just making a cake. She's not supposed to be out at all. This garden, this big thing ensued. I went crying to my room. Mm-hmm. And, but that opened me up. And sometimes when we have those moments, it could yeah. take us in so many different directions because it started making me question everything. You know, because we were told everyone mm-hmm. outside was bad, you know. You have right. to marry into, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I started questioning it, and then I started hitchhiking, you know, sneaking mm. out my window, getting in cars with, like, Hells Angels tights, and who are you? Why am I supposed to be afraid of you? This is what I was told <laughs> about size. And why do you do this? Why do you have these choices? Why do you have tattoos? Why do you have piercings? Why do you drive this car, you know? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. why do you make your life choices? And it was so enlightening to me. Because so many of these people that I feared so much were really great people. Um, mm-hmm. They just had a different idea of what success was or how they wanted to live their life. And so it gave me um, an opening to be more understanding maybe and more um, flexible in who I mm-hmm. hung out with or choices that I made. And then... Um, There was a concert, there was a, you know, Madonna's first concert with a version tour was at San Diego Mm -hmm. State, my college, I was going to. So I'm like, oh, we have to go to that. And then when we went to that, we found out what band was playing, and we 
anyway, hustled our way into their hotel room with, you know, 20 other groupies. And I ended up talking to a keyboard player and her arranger, and we exchanged numbers. And then we were dating by phone for about six months <laughs> or pretty much the rest of her tour. And they kept saying, come to this concert, come to that one. I'm like, I can't. I'm not allowed to spend the night. He goes, you're 22. I'm like, I'm not allowed to spend the night. <laughs> Finally, at the very end, um, when she was in New York for five nights at the end of the mm-hmm. tour, I just said, I got to go. So I left a note. So sorry, I'm in New York. And flew, to, flew there and got to spend five days with Madonna up mm-hmm. close and personal. And all the excitement that that, you know, created <laughs> from friends and all these people, Sean Penn, everyone there. Right. And it was such an exciting moment in my life. And it took me back to when the psychic said that when I was 10. And I'm like, mm-hmm. of course this is happening to me. Of course I'm meeting these people. So then after that, I asked Madonna, how did you become Madonna? And how did you change? Because she grew mm-hmm. up in a patriarchal family with lots of siblings. She yeah. said, you know what you should do? Travel and travel alone because that will help you learn who you are. When you're brought right. up in this kind of culture, it's all about family. You're never an individual. You're part of a group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I took that seriously, and that took me to over 60 countries, and most of them traveling by myself, at least for a majority of the trip. And I would mm-hmm. have someone meet at some point, or you know, I'd have a job there for a few days, and I'd stay for a few extra weeks. But that mm-hmm. really helped me and helped me. Um, really get to know who I was and what I wanted to do. And just by meeting so many people organically, it got me so interested in what makes people tick, what makes people do the things they do. Um, And then I started graduating that to um, taking retreats, like staying with the Sufis for a month in Mm -hmm. Cappadocia and learning that, staying with the Bedouins in the mountains of Petra, going to Aborigines (laughs) in Australia just to get back to earth and mother nature i stay with the maasai tribe in tanzania so i think all those um experiences really expanded you know my vision of who i am and what i want to be so i ended up moving to la and enrolling in lee straw theater institute because that's where a lot of the people that i was reading about went and then i realized you know my dad was saying oh being an actress is a whore being a model is a whore and I was getting a lot of modeling kids to pay for my work. I'm like, oh, no, I'm a double whore. I'm a modeling actress. But, but what I realized was, and I'm still a virgin, you know. So what it, I was such a goody-goody. So what it made me realize was that, you know, it's not necessarily being a whore when you're going up there, but it's like the culture of Hollywood and the men in power were always mm-hmm. pushing their agenda on but I realized that business wasn't for me. It was a little hard, mm-hmm. so I quit after a few years. And I thought, mm-hmm. now what do I do with <laughs> my life? Because this is what I always thought I was going to do. And I ended up seeing Christiane Annapur a lot mm-hmm. on the news because of all the different wars going on. And she was a wonderful war reporter, mm-hmm. always right. in Bosnia or Afghanistan or something. So I thought, oh, I should do that. And then the war in Desert Storm was starting. And it was pretty dangerous. And then Iraq was grounded. They couldn't, you know, fly. So mm-hmm. there was a no fly zone. So if you go to Iraq, you have to take an 18-hour bus ride from Jordan. So I thought, and then you see on the news that it stops five times to check papers. And mm-hmm. then a lot of times it gets um, hijacked by terrorists that mm-hmm. kidnap Americans or whatever. So I thought, oh, I could go there and get kidnapped. Then I could write a book with them because I was 
typing before, and I thought, oh, I get along with people like that. (laughs) Then we could write together. Then I could be on CNN and all that. Then I could be a war reporter. (laughs) (laughs) I could see you just in in the uh, terrorist camp and just say, you may not believe this, right? I want to be kidnapped. And see, I want to write about you. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. We're funny. You know, I get you. Yeah, you say, let me pull up my PowerPoint here. Let me show you. (laughs) Like, oh, really? really? Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting, though. I think you have a beautiful, flavorful life. One of the things that I've always enjoyed being told a long time ago, and this is interesting because you and I, we all have different, in terms of different tracks, right, that we are on. But in the end, there's only one, whether you call it the end tape or the end zone or whatever. I came to the United States when I was 18, but one of the most remarkable, best advice I received was from my teacher in high school. He was very excited about the fact that I was coming to the United States to go to college. And so this was at 18, and he said, when you take that trip to America, if you decide to live in Chinatown or live with fellow Malaysians, don't go. Because all the academic information that you are seeking will eventually trickle down to our local universities. Your goal is when you get to the United States, we all have cultures. They have this, we have ours, we have all the good, bad, and ugly. So do they have the good, bad, and ugly. Your goal is to combine the best of both cultures and create a third one. And that will be your competitive edge. And that's what he told me. It's amazing. Oh, that is fascinating. That's a great way to put it. I've met. That's what they've done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very interesting in hearing your stories. And what's interesting also, respectfully, in the sense that the thing that I talk about, somewhere along the line, mom is right because when we're first learning, mom and dad is right when we're learning. And then we hit puberty. Eh, I don't think they're right. And then somewhere along the line between puberty and college years or in the early 20s, they are dead wrong. And then somewhere along the line, as we mature and taste the salt of life, doggone it, they are right. And what I'm saying here is that it's interesting because your dad was just trying to protect you because he of knows course. the evil side of the equation. And he loves you so much and he's trying to protect you. The way he's doing it may not necessarily be the right way. Yeah. <laughs> the intent exactly. is good. Yeah, the intent is good. And that's the beauty of it. And I think your book, in a way, talk about that from the standpoint, we go back and we look at our lives and our story. And what do we want to make out of it? And I really appreciate you sharing how you arrive at your authentic self in a way from that perspective. So what life epiphanies drove you to spiritual psychology? Oh, I think it was so many things. Because when I was traveling and I got really attracted to, you know, just going back to our basics. So staying with these people you know, like Bedouins and Petra where they're just still living kind of off the land and right. living simple lives and it's still very tribal where everyone in the family has like a different job, but they're all there to support each other. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, like, oh, we need a doctor, we need you know, someone who cooks, we need somebody who is a handyman, we need, a, you know, all these different jobs, and they all, like, decide, okay, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then they're mm-hmm. this full, you know, supported group, you know, that, that bands together to help you get through life, and there's just something so beautiful about that, and it wasn't about who has the most money, or I right. have this and you don't. 
everybody is equal and um, everybody loves each other. Family is everything is a big mantra. And not that I 100% agree with that of Mm -hmm. everyone should just be in these groups and, you know, share everything because I think in our society today, it doesn't necessarily work because some people are very ambitious and people have different goals and all that. But what it taught me is who we are as human beings. You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. And how can we be of service to the world and be independent and have your own identity? You know, because I think there's a balance there somewhere. If you don't have your Mm -hmm. own identity, there's something that I feel is, unfulfilled especially in america you know we need to know who we are and then give our gift away and in places like that sometimes you're going no you have to do this because this is what you know is missing in our tribe you know so you have to sacrifice your life and i don't agree with that but just the beauty of watching them in harmony everyone doing their thing and everyone's handled and taken care of and you have 10 people who have your back And I think Mm -hmm. that's missing the world today. So I thought, how can we combine that? After traveling so much, I ended up going to Iraq, you know, just, you know, I uh, went to Jordan. And then I got a Louis Vuitton backpack that was fake. And I got (laughs) Cuban zirconia. And so then when they came to check my papers, oh, you guys have Louis Vuitton. Oh, it's an expensive brand. Oh, here's my diamonds. Oh, my dad would kill me if he knew I had these with me. You know, like, pick me, pick me. Nobody kidnapped me. Nobody did anything. Just, Habibi, what can I do for you? And everyone was super sweet. So um, before the trip ended, because I was there for a month, I ended up going to Tilkap, this small town that my dad was born in. He's Christian Iraqi. That's just 2% mm-hmm. of the country. And the um, there's just a school, you know, a grocery store, you know, just very basic in a church. And I found orphanage there. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is the orphanage my dad was thinking about when he, he said send her to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And then I started interviewing the children. And they're like, why do you care? Everyone's bombing us. Nobody loves us. The world's against us. My <laughs> father lost his leg. My uncle's dead. You know, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, well, I care. I'll memorialize your words. That's just politics and, mm-hmm. you know, going back and forth. So I thought, how am I going to memorialize their words? So I ended up asking them questions, recording them, and, that led me to um, 15 countries over five years interviewing children in orphanages and working in them. And I mm-hmm. think that shifted my life completely because then I turned it into a book. Then I gave it to schools and libraries. Then they, I started mm-hmm. getting asked to speak everywhere. And then I became an author speaker without me even realizing it. You know? mm-hmm. It wasn't an intention. It was just, uh, oh, I have to fulfill this mission because I gave my word to these children. <laughs> So that's that's interesting. So sometimes when life gives you something, it taught me that could have took me on a road to drugs and, you know, being very self-destructive. And instead it took me on this beautiful experience that now I still am enjoying and continuing to write. You know, I write for a lot of publications, mm-hmm. writing for Huffington Post and, you know, a lot of places and, mm-hmm. you know, in different books and um, now I'm writing my next book called Under a Baghdad Roof, which is really about that journey. Mm-hmm. So it's really about your hero's journey. Because I think once you do your hero's journey of really going, who am I? What am I? And leaving home 
and taking this exciting adventure and taking risks, then you really find out who you are and what your gift is, what your soul's gift was coming onto this planet, and then how to give it away to people. And that's where the juice is in life. It's really about Mm -hmm. you giving your gift away. And when I teach that from all the workshops and Zoom classes that I um, lead, it's just remarkable watching people transform from, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what my passions are. I don't know what I want to do with my life. When I put them through these exercises or, you know, really show them how to go on their hero's journey and really discover who they are, they really start to transform. Mm-hmm. And what holds them back is the thoughts in their heads of childhood of this is who I am, and they're locked into this um, world which they were brought up in, and they didn't get to be exposed to so much more. So I call those your imposters, all those thoughts that you have, mm-hmm. you know, that your parents gave you or teachers or siblings or friends mm-hmm. or bullies. You're not good enough. You're dumb. You'll never make it. You're fat. Mm-hmm. You're this. You're that. All these mm-hmm. obstacles to life. So once you could identify who gave you that, and then, because they say we have forty to 70,000 thoughts per day. Most are negative. Most are repeated. So if you go, mm-hmm. who gave me that thought? And then turn it into a declaration in the opposite of, you know, like, you know, I'm not lovable. I am lovable. You know, <laughs> just ignore the person who gave that to you because that person is not, um, they're not who you are. It's mm-hmm. everyone's damaged. So you're listening to a damaged soul or an imperfect soul telling you <laughs> who you are. And when I was seven, that happened. So now you're 50 and you're still going back <laughs> to that one moment, like send her to an orphanage. Right. What? So now that's going to stay with me my whole life where I'm never going to accomplish anything or have a healthy relationship because I'm not valued or I could be given away. It's like, it's really silly if you look at it like that. It was right. a moment of someone trying to be overprotective because they had five teenagers at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's what I um, found. If I could mm-hmm. help people just go back to that moment and what happened to you and what holds you back or why don't you love yourself? Why aren't you there for yourself? then they change completely. And that's where the miracles lie. And it's really incredible work to do mm-hmm. that. I'm so honored I get to do it. Beautiful. Very beautiful. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitten Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hop. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is summer vacation and a mid-year counting our blessings moments. My guest for this morning is Lisa Heisha. Lisa is a mother, founder of Soul Blazing, life coach, author, transformational speaker, TV host, and an avid traveler. She has an MA in spiritual psychology. Her fascination with people has taken her to over 60 countries where she has worked in everything from boardrooms to yachts, helping people make shifts happen in their lives. Soul blazing is a form of spiritual and emotional house cleaning. When we come to that process, we evolve and grow. It is all about learning to respond to life rather than react to it and being able to transform adversity into resilience. 
the ultimate goal is aligning ourselves with our true north, our authentic soul. We're having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her new book, Soul Blazing, Transform Your Imposter into Superpowers and Live a More Purposeful and Authentic Life. So, Lisa, let's talk about the beautifully written book. Please give us a quick synopsis about your beautiful book, Soul Blazing. Well, Soul Blazing is about the seven imposters that live on the stage of your brain making decisions for you. And the seven imposters, you know, I boiled it down after working with hundreds of people saying, what are their issues and why are they here to see me? Because so many of them were like overlapping. So there's more than this. And again, imposters, what I mean is just the um, voices in your head and um, how you're making your decisions based on those voices. So I found that people come from the areas of being a victim, this happened, this person said this to me or whatever it is, so they're living their whole life as a victim. And then a lot of them pick narcissists as um, mates and destroy their lives mm-hmm. even more. Um, then there's the egotist, you know, the one that is so strong-minded and will do anything to make it. The seductor who goes through life seducing people to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, the joker who is usually the life of the party, but also throws people under the bus if need be for a laugh or, you know, because of their insecurities. Um, The fixer who's always out there doing something for other people to avoid doing it for themselves because they're not feeling worthy. The overthinker who overthinks everything at the end of your life, you don't really accomplish much because you, it's never good enough. You're a perfectionist and all of that. Then the judge who's always judging others and judging themselves. So it limits their growth. So those are the imposters. And then to get our authentic soul, Mm -hmm. which is who we really came in this world to be. How do you define living a more purposeful life? It's when you're in touch with your authentic soul and you know your gift, you know, what your gift is and how you want to give it away when you're just going through life going, Oh, I'm trying this. I'm trying that. And you're kind of stumbling through instead of being on purpose. And when you're on purpose and in your authentic soul, you meet the right people, you magnetize the right people because all it is is vibration. That's all this world is. So once you start vibrating Mm -hmm. at a different level, not from one of these, um, you know, imposters where, it's um, a false sense of self, then your life starts working, you know, from actors, writers, because I usually work with creative, but Mm -hmm. any career, someone trying to be a CEO or whatever it is, if you're not vibrating at the frequency of the people who want to hire you, you can do everything you want. You're always going to be overlooked because there's somebody else, even if they're not as good they have this sense of self-worth. They know how to get things done. They know how to get along with people. Their EQ is high. So, you know, especially in the film business, oh, I've been trying to act and all this. It's like their vibration isn't there. So this book is about how to raise that and how to you raise it by being who you authentically are and getting rid of all the baggage. It's kind of like a pit bull. If you train a pit bull, you know, it's, 
to be a you know a good dog, it will be a good dog. And but if you don't, you train it to be vicious and a protector, it will bite you or bite someone you love most likely. Right. So right. it's like putting a leash on it. It's like getting to know who's in your head. And I also equate it to like a ball of yarn, you know, so all your mm-hmm. thoughts are mumbled and, oh, my God, this happened, that happened. I don't even know what to do with my day. I've got so much to do. Chaos, chaos. <laughs> if you could just take a minute and do a mind dump and put it all on paper, and it's almost like taking like the blue th- strand of thread and the yellows and the red, the green, mm-hmm. the purple, mm-hmm. and writing down what each of these thoughts were and who gave them to you, your whole brain will clear up. You'll have mm-hmm. clarity. You'll be able to make a right decision. You'll be able to meet the right person that could change your life. But unless you do that, it's just a mumbled mess up there. And you're going, <laughs> why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I make mm-hmm. this decision? Why did I take that job? Why am I dating this person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. You mentioned EQ. When does emotional intelligence fit into the equation? Really from the beginning, because I think it's more important than IQ, because EQ really mm-hmm. helps you connect and communicate with others. And if you can't get along with others or if you can't mm-hmm. read people, well, you it's really difficult to go far in a company or keep getting raises or get promoted because you don't fit in or you're awkward or you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, you don't know the bonds, you don't know how to, you know, reach somebody. And so much of our world is about communication and bonding. And that's how deep relationships are formed. And that's when people, you know, want to be around you and take you to the next level. Even if you're not ready, they'll take a chance on you because you have great people skills. Right, right. So true. One of the things that your book is beautifully done is that you have a list of saboteurs and then superpowers, of course. So can you give us some examples of these saboteurs and the superpowers within ourselves? Um, Yes, yes. Each one has the superpowers and the saboteurs. And it's so fascinating because um, if you just switch um, the, you know, flip the switch, you can get (laughs) to something so beautiful. You know, like a victim, the superpowers are empathic sensitive and loving look how valuable those traits are so when they're at their best that's who they are but when they're at their worst they're stuck in comfort zones they Mm -hmm. um, start blaming others they have difficulty for their life so they're always looking for some sort of lifeboat somebody that'll be there to you know help them and they don't feel like they could do anything on their own and then that's super sad because their whole life goes by Um, then there's the um, egotist, where the superpower would be bold, charismatic, confident. And we've seen a lot of um, politicians or CEOs, you know, that have these bold, mm-hmm. charismatic, confident personalities, big celebrities, but their saboteurs are insensitive, self-centered, and unempathetic. And I'm sure you know a lot of people like that. <laughs> you know, just, uh, you yeah. know, and the... Yeah you know, in the limelight right now. It's, mm-hmm. So it's, it eventually brings people down because they can't, you know, sustain that. People could only go so far with BS or just mm-hmm. putting on an act. Then finally, people get sick of it. So um, that other part comes out or they do some sabotage their life or the career. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, they make up falsehoods or something just to get more attention. Mm-hmm. So um, true. Yeah. Very, very interesting. You mentioned just now comfort zone and so forth. It's personal psychology in many, many ways. Why are we so drawn to living in our comfort zone, whatever that may be? Um, that's a great question. We do. Um, we, we, I call it comfort addiction <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's so cozy because it's familiar, even if it's wrong. I worked in prisons and I've worked in halfway houses. Um, I've worked with foster kids and mm-hmm. so many of them are, I'm happy with where I'm at. I don't want to grow. I don't want to see you. We're forced to see somebody, you know, to change mm-hmm. um, homeless people. I want to live on the street. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's go to this place or let me help you. I don't want to be helped. It's like they tapped out and their comfort is not being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Their comfort is having no responsibility. They don't want to have to change and grow because that means people are going to depend on them. They're going to have to show up at a certain time, do certain things, and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so they get caught in this comfort zone. And in order to get out of it, you know, even when you want to lose weight, well, just go walk for an hour every day, <laughs> you know, and don't bake a cake, you know, every right. day. So, right. but so hard to do. Oh, but I like this. Oh, I hate walking. I hate exercise. And because they don't want to be uncomfortable. They want to stay on their couch with a blankie over them eating nachos or whatever. (laughs) So it's really interesting. Yeah. But once you figure out who your imposter is and why you Mm -hmm. are making those self-sabotaging choices, you start to shift and change because if you make a deal with your imposters, which is what I teach part as part of the program, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe you could ever rid yourself because it becomes a part of who you are, you know, especially mm-hmm. if something traumatic happens to you. It is like your family lineage or it is part of your story, but you could change the story a little and how you respond to it because so much in life is re- we're reactive and instead we're supposed to, you know, take a minute and pause. And I created the acronym out of soul because that's what it is. And then you mm-hmm. say your authentic soul. You know, S is the thing, just Mm -hmm. take a minute. And then O is to observe what is happening right now and why am I being triggered and U is to understand what that is and what triggered you. And then L, liberate. You take a few minutes, like five, four, three, two, one, and then Mm -hmm. speak so you don't just attack someone or, you know, in any situation. Mm -hmm. Then you are um, a person who responds. And then people could hear you, and that's what makes a great leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the so rest true. of the imposters. Oh, absolutely, it's true. I had a conversation with a friend about a month ago, and he was asking me, he said, I can't believe you would give someone an hour to express himself. And I said, well, I only need 15 minutes of that person's time, but I'll give him whatever he needs because why? I'm listening to him into existence. He needs that. And Mm. by doing that, I validate that he matters. And now he's completely wide open and he's listening to me. And I'm not trying to convince him about anything because he's just putting the facts on the table and I'm putting the facts on the table. And hopefully we can see the jam in both. And one plus one equals three, so to speak, rather than two. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's a magic about from that perspective, so to speak. How do we 
break the cycle. This is the number one thing that I think we all go through, even I think respectfully, even you and me at some point in our lives and majority of the people, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, how do we break the cycle of I'm not good enough? It goes back to your imposters of someone told you you're not good enough. And one of the exercises I love is in which they have a bunch of tools and exercises that I put in the the back of this book also. But one of them is doing the mind dump Mm -hmm. and really getting out those, why aren't you lovable? Ask yourself those questions. And when you just see what's in your mind and you get it on paper you're like, oh, my God, I had no idea. You know, I set the timer to five minutes <laughs> and just, like, let all everyone in the class just dump away, not thinking, just writing. And then they start going, oh, my God, I can't believe I had this thought or that thought. And then they, you know, you change it into I create declarations. You know, if you're right, having a right. thought of, you know, whatever it is, I'm not good enough or I can't do it, change mm-hmm. it. What's the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and once you, you know, once you figure out what it is, I, I don't trust people. So you have to forgive yourself first, which is a key component to it. I forgive myself for judging myself as I don't trust people. Then you have to create it into a declaration. I am blessed with a strong radar that protects me. I am that I trust myself and others. And once you start doing that with every negative thing, it starts becoming your being. You can't mm-hmm. just repeat it or, you know, like on YouTube, how they have all these affirmations or whatever. That doesn't work. It has to come from you and your life and your situation. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my clients was saying, I was taught if I'm successful, I'm bad because females aren't supposed to be successful. They're supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, uh, cared for by a man. And right. if you have value, a man will take care of you. So I forgive myself for judging myself as <laughs> If I'm successful, I'm bad. My success blesses my life and all who come in contact with me. I am blessed and ultimately successful. So these are some exercises I gave to people when they came up with stuff like I am that I can't trust my family members. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself for judging myself as a person who can't trust family members. I am one with the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you are reprogramming yourself. And you're learning to love and trust yourself more because you're going, this is who I am. I get to define me. I get to define my life. Nobody else gets that power over me anymore because whatever thought comes to me, I'm going to just declare it's true or not true and, you know, rewrite it. You Mm -hmm. get to rewrite your stories. I do three Zoom classes that just fall after each other. The first one is understanding your imposters and knowing who they are. The second 12 weeks is really knowing your story. The third piece is your legacy. Now that you know who you are, what do you want your legacy to be? And then work backwards from that. What do you want to be known for? Then who has those qualities? And how do you meet those people and put your life together and create this beautiful life that you want to be seen as when you're... Mm -hmm. And it all starts with this. It starts with Mm -hmm. self-love. And another exercise I have them do is to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and just tell themselves that they love themselves. You know, I love you. Then say their name out loud and just look at your soul in the mirror and just do that till you really feel it. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. really bad, I would do it throughout the whole day. Even (laughs) when you're driving, red light, you know, look in the mirror. Right, right. Look in the mirror and just say it and just make that your mantra 
until you really start feeling it. Because once you crack open your own soul, start loving and respecting yourself, then that's when others have room to love and respect you too. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're subconsciously pushing people away and not understanding why don't people like me or why can't I get ahead. Very true. What you're telling me is that this is how we turn emotional baggages into assets. Absolutely. goes back to the superpowers and saboteurs. We're all um, born equally and, you know, we all come into this world raw and you have your gift. So if you could just find out what that is, especially earlier on, your whole life takes on a different meaning. You know, I always say truth, love, meaning, and purpose. Everything in my house has to have truth, love, meaning, and purpose, and every person I hang out with because I want to be filled and surrounded by quality. You know, when you go into a person's house, you could put stuff so much in a house just by what people (laughs) do. People are picking up this or that. But if you really truthfully go around and touch everything, do I really need this? Do I really love this? You get rid of so much and you get just the quality pieces that make you happy and your house isn't cluttered. And it's the same as in your head. Select the thoughts you want in your head. Select the people you want to have access to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really mentoring you or challenging you um, and inspiring you because everyone you come in contact, every TV show you watch, movie, book you read, Mm -hmm. it all goes to your subconscious mind one way or another. So Mm -hmm. what are you putting, what are you reading? Who are you speaking with? Who are you spending time with? Um, And when you spend time with yourself, what are you saying to yourself? Listen, because that's the most important important messages to listen to and Mm -hmm. when you start going god i'm beating myself up every day and i'm saying you know you're never going to make it you're dumb you're you're, you don't have friends or whatever it is start writing it down and going no that's just not true i forgive myself for judging myself as that but this is my truth Mm -hmm. and memorize those truths the final declaration i have them up on poster board in my office and I read them, and I also recorded them and put, you know, them on audio on my phone under voice mm-hmm. memos, and I listen to it in the morning. Then when I'm in my office, I'm staring at it all day, so I'm looking at it, and then I step into those things. And sometimes you go, oh, those are done. Let me create the next level of who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's a miracle. People go, oh, my God, your life's so perfect. You always just meet <laughs> the right person. If this happens, I go, no, <laughs> I work on it. I take right. out the clutter, throw out the trash, and say, these people aren't serving yeah. me. Right. Let me give them to people who they can serve, you know? Right. I bring right. in people who inspire me, motivate me. And right. if I don't have them, you know, they're on my wall. They're Maya mm-hmm. Angelou, Oprah Winfrey, and Anais Nin, and Simone de Beauvoir, Herman mm-hmm. Hess. It's all these people, Paulo Coelho, whose books I've read or was inspired by them in some way. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I love this quality and this person and that one and that person and, you know, pick them apart, just taking one or two qualities Mm -hmm. about them and saying, I'm going to put that into me and merge that into who I am. Mm -hmm. And then you start Mm -hmm. meeting those people at that vibration. People are like, how did you know that person's like, well, I vibrated with them. (laughs) You know, I really (laughs) put in the effort. So Mm -hmm. to get to know them. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could be living or dead or, you know, you don't know them, but just Mm -hmm. their picture alone could help shift you tremendously. 
Very true. Well, I mean, when you talk about we are feeding ourselves every day, so when I say feeding ourselves here with validations, information to validate or disvalidate, right? So if we feeding our imposters, then we're looking for validation of how we feel and right or wrong. And then at the same time, if we're feeding our superpowers, then the difference is because we allow curiosity to lead the way because we are trying to find new information versus old information validating what we already know. So basically, technically, you're not learning. Right, right. And that is the ascent, you know, because we're here to continually grow every day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make that a priority in your life, your whole life is going to go by and you're going to go, God, I wish I took more time to play (laughs) piano or to be around those people and it's going to be too late one day. So true. Do you have a recommendation on the best way to read Soul Blazing? Amazon and buying the book there or getting the audio if you're not a reader, you know, and you want to multitask because it's um, a really great book that I really try to make as simple as possible so a sixth grader could read it and also a PhD and get something from it. But I really tried to break it down, and I think the exercises that I have in the back of the book, that's why I love reading a book rather than listening. And mm-hmm. you really put all your attention into it instead of, um, you know, not really there 100% because you're doing some multitasking. But mm-hmm. if you just listen to some of the exercises and do them, you know, like claiming your mornings is one in there. You know, if you start your morning in a contemplative practice and silence and in relationship with yourself, that sets a positive foundation for the rest of your day. Every morning I give at least five minutes up to an hour when I have the time to do something for my mind, body, heart, and soul. You're just loving yourself and giving yourself permission to be your best self and you're setting your intention for the day like I at least have to get these three things done today and why you have to get them done, why it's important, and everything else. You may have 10 other things to do, but at least you're getting those things done, and that's what's important. And then from there, you could get more stuff done. Um, But it's all about that. It's um, who do you want to be in the world? And if you don't take the time out in the morning to create that, how are you going to manifest what you say you want to manifest? It will really be impossible because you won't know your visionary mission, which is another exercise. You know, the big why is all about understanding your purpose. What's of value to to you? Where do you find true meaning? And what do you want to put out to the world? And in the morning, I try to visualize that and saying, who am I? What do I want to put out to the world? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be the short-tempered person who's flipping people off on the highway? If someone cuts me off, or do I want to say, oh, okay, this is, what, this is where they're at, this is where I'm at, and just let it flow and not get, you know, crazy about it <laughs> because then that's when you become, <laughs> you become a patient, crazy person. So it's like, oh, no, I want to have peace, you know, class, grace. Then that won't happen to you. When you're in situations, you will handle them differently. Very true. Yeah. Very true. So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What advice do you have for someone who is on the fence about self-help books? Because there's so many self-help books out there. Well, I think they're very valuable. I think it depends on which ones you get. But 
it's a great way to start. If you want to change your life, I don't know any person, and I have been with dignitaries around the world. Some of my clients are world-class musicians, top CEOs from Japan that I've worked with, billionaires who run companies, and top Hollywood elites. And, you know, my husband was the co-creator of two big hit shows, two of the biggest shows ever on television. So I met everybody and every, everyone, especially going to all the Oscars and the Emmys and everything for about a decade. And a lot of them became clients. And I don't know almost any successful people that have not had a coach or read self-help books or did mm-hmm. something to better themselves because they may be smart in one way, but not in others. You know, they could be book smart, but not street smart. They know, may know how to do an equation, but if they can't relate to people and explain it, it's someone else will get the job. So right. I train people on how to be authentically themselves and how to connect. You know, how do you sell yourself first? Because you're not selling a book. You're not selling, you know, a widget. You're selling you. And mm-hmm. then that person mm-hmm. wants to buy from you, and therefore you're selling whatever it is you're selling. Right. People have to be authentically themselves. Coming back, circling ourselves, you got to be your authentic self because that's you. And it's interesting because the old days, people always tell you, and I know you've heard of this, oh my gosh, you do not wear your feelings on your sleeve. That's terrible. You're showing everything. It's like I remember growing up, my mom would say, hey, we don't hang our laundry out there. And of course, now in today's world, it's a little bit different because they want to see the real you, the good, bad, and ugly in a sense. Yeah, and that's attractive today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, seeing the real you, people want to see that. They want to see an authentic person. They're Mm -hmm. sick of all the glossy images and, you know, the perfect complexion on Instagram, (laughs) the perfect lives. They want to see, oh, wow, this person has had challenges too, or this person's failed too. And so have I. So now there's, you're relatable. Right. If you're always making yourself too perfect, it's, you know, it's unattainable, you know, for That's most correct. people, I think, anyone. And right. if you're claiming you have no issues in your life, you're not being authentic. So, so I've true. met other life that always, oh, da, da, da. I'm like, no, 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 no. We all have stuff. Or they, they <laughs> ask me why I share certain things. I said to let people know that mm-hmm. they're not alone. And right. I just feel that that's the best way to go. And those are the people who are my mentors did that. Right, right. So true. Where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about you, the services you offer, and keep up with your latest happenings? Oh, they can go to my website, soulblazing.com. It's also under lisahasia.com. And they could sign up for my um, inspiration, weekly inspiration and they could learn so much there because it tells you where I am, what podcast I am like this, and it <laughs> shares just, um, you know, everything I'm doing, my next projects and TV shows that I'm on and, um, you know, what I'm creating. So that's a great start. And I'm on all social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's lots of ways to get in touch. And then you could sign up for, I have a webinar on my website that was pre-recorded that goes deeper once you get the book. Then you could get that and it goes deeper into each imposter. And then most people go into the Zoom classes because that's really mm-hmm. inexpensive. And then if you want privates, I'm available for that for 
you know, certain people, because mm-hmm. I could only take three at a time. So there's a waiting list for, I think, about a year by now. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. How has writing the book contributed to your life purpose? Oh, it helped me put what I do into writing. And it actually took me a long time to do because I really wanted to articulate it in a way that people really get and understand. And that takes a lot, you know, because I've been through so much and it was like 400 pages. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) how do I get this down to like 100 pages so people could actually read it? So um, it really helped me distill what I do into simple, basic steps so I could actually teach it um, where it's not confusing to people. And that's where the really the imposters came through because I was talking about all these different ways of being like, wait, we need like archetypes. We need this because people get that right away. How can I be as visual as possible? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. What is next for you? Um, I am creating a TV show, a soul blazing Mm -hmm. TV show, um, reality show that um, a studio asked me to do. So we're Mm -hmm. co-creating it together and it should be done in a couple of months the Bible, and hopefully out next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also writing Under a Baghdad Roof, my next story about my journey to Iraq and back, so the hero's journey. Fantastic. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? A recipe for living? I would say the recipe for living would be what I shared earlier of creating your mornings, put in a little mix of self-love, put a little (laughs) mix of, you know, your intention of who you want to be. You know, again, I have the, my main people that I really like different aspects of on my wall. So pick five people that you really want their qualities, you know, and what quality and put that in the batch of who you are and just stir it every morning and, you know, meditate on it and listen to it. This is who I am. So once you know who you are and who you're being in the world, your whole life shifts. It's just the most miraculous thing in the world. That's the best recipe I could give anybody. Beautiful, beautiful. Lisa, thank you for the wonderful and beautiful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, July 20th, at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Mara Batscombe. Mara is a mother, writer, yogi, artist, teacher, mindfulness leader, ceremonialist, and spiritual coach. She will be joining us from Vancouver, Canada. Mara and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Ritual as Remedy, Embodied Practices for Soul Care. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. Lisa, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.